Dueling mock drafts on today's episode of Peacock and Williamson projecting round one now that the dust has settled post free agency. What does the 2022 NFL draft landscape look like? Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at the Peacock at Williamson NFL. Get those Twitter questions in. Might have to push Twitter Tuesday into Wednesday, though, with how long-winded Matt and I tend to get. And we only have so much time to get through this. And we want to make sure we talk through all these picks. Dueling mock drafts. Matt and I each have a mock draft Monday projection for the 2022 NFL draft to get into today. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen, by the way, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, Matt, we probably just should jump right into this thing. The, the storylines yeah, are slowing around the NFL. No blockbusters over the weekend to talk about. And I think teams are going to start hunkering down pretty soon, getting their war rooms, putting together their big boards. They're going to the final pro days that are happening here. And we're only a month. We're exactly a month away from the first round of the NFL draft. Oh, baby. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, this is a little bit of a calm period now till draft. You know, we'll have some news trickling in. And I mentioned, you know, that there's – a lot of good free agents out there that'll keep getting signed, the Honey Badger, things like that, but not not things that'll just probably make the show dedicated to one move. I mean, even if Jimmy gets traded. So, you know, the NFL is pro day centric right now. That's what's been going on for the last week, especially with these quarterbacks. Sam Howell was today, I think. And pretty soon they're going to buckle down and be locked in the war room and you'll get very little news out of NFL clubs. Let's jump into this thing then. Our dueling mock drafts. Matt, you have the floor. Let's hear who you have going number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to put Aiden Hutchinson at one. I think that's pretty close to a done deal. I don't have a major problem with it. But honestly, if I were the GM of the Jags, I might take Neil or Ekwanu there. Just because, frankly... I don't really care about the Jags defense right now. If I'm in charge of that team, all I care about is making Lawrence's life as easy as possible, no matter <laughs> what, but Jacksonville's put a, a fair amount of resources already in their line. This is going to be Hutchinson in my opinion. Yeah. And we're sort of projecting what will happen. Not, not necessarily what I would do. And I'm with you. You, you got to do whatever's best for your young quarterback. And it seemed mm-hmm. like what had made sense all along was to go with an offensive tackle there. And they still could because they only have, uh, Cam Robinson for what the one year, but they're trying to do a long-term deal with him too. So it sounds like they, you know, they, they put in some resources, the offensive line. So uh, it, if you read the tea leaves, it sounds like they're going defensive line first overall. And I, yeah. I think the bre- the best prospect, probably at least the safest prospect for sure in this class is Aiden Hutchinson, but I'm going to go for it. Uh, I've got already a curveball at number one to start this thing off. And I'm going with another edge Trayvon Walker, number nice. one. And people have been pushing him up the draft boards. I haven't seen any major publications that had the guts to put him one, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the first one. Trayvon Walker is going number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the reason I have him over Aiden Hutchinson is purely because of the Jaguars. And if the Lions were one, it'd be Aiden Hutchinson. If, if most mm-hmm. teams are one, it'd be Aiden Hutchinson or you know maybe even a quarterback. But Trevon Walker, because Trent Baalke is their GM, and I know he loves nothing more than arm length. And I, the more I watch Trevon Walker, Ooh, the more I point. see uh, a player that he was involved in drafting in San Francisco in Alden Smith. 
He's got those just violent hands, super long arms, 35 inches, and the sky's the limit for him. He wasn't allowed to be a pure edge rusher and fly off the edge, even though he was super productive. And uh, they love physicality. He can stop the run, set the edge like nobody's business there. Sky's the limit for Trevon Walker. So I'm going with him, number one, to the Jaguars, because the one thing Aiden Hutchinson doesn't have is length. And uh, that's what Trent Baalke covets in his pass rushers and just about every position group on the field. You backed your argument up there really, really well. Uh, I, I think that that's a distinct possibility now that, you know, the way you laid that out. But um, especially because it touches it done the short arms. I mean, if you're going to complain about anything about the guy, that's what it is. And it's not so, just a little short. They, they're they're pretty darn short. They're, they're well yeah, below what T-Rex. NFL teams want in a pass rusher. So especially for a guy who's six seven, it's really odd that he has short arms. I wouldn't even have thought length would be a problem for Aiden Hutchinson, six foot six or whatever he is. Yeah, right, right. No, I think he's almost six seven. I think you're right. Um so that brings us to two, which in my write up I pretty much said if Hutchinson was there, I think Detroit you know, goes right to that and is perfect fit for them. Temperament, area of the country. And I considered Walker too, and he won't last much longer. I'm believing the Malik Willis hype, though. And my thought process is, this team's not winning now. And I know every rookie quarterback's going to be um, thrust into the starting lineup earlier than they should. But it's actually a really good landing spot for somebody like Willis that needs a lot of time. He could maybe do some Lamar rookie things early on. But all in all, I think their offense is pretty complete. And I think they have a very good O-line. I think Hawkinson and Swift are very quarterback friendly, you know, receivers as well as just overall players. Two quality receive wideouts, and they'll probably draft another. And Goff's a good, a very good stopgap, in my opinion. As stopgaps go, is too too early for Willis, probably, but I think it's very possible. It feels a little early, and I'm glad you went there. And by the way, Matt and I don't know each other's mock drafts here, so we no, don't know how right, these right. are going to go. Um, and I was going to say, if you didn't have Willis going at number two to the Lions, and I don't either because Aiden Hutchinson's still there, so I have Aiden Hutchinson sure, going sure. number two, and it's a pretty easy pick. But I think Malik Willis has got to be top three on the Lions draft board, but they're picking two. So you know that means whoever's third won't be selected by them, but maybe mm-hmm. Willis is second on their draft board. And in your scenario, Hutchinson goes one. I could absolutely see Willis being the pick. Yeah, I think it's a good landing spot for him, and they've set up pretty well to bring in a rookie quarterback. And frankly, it might be at 32 or the top of the second yes. round. But if this guy's that much different than everybody else, do it now, especially if your favorite Hutchinson's off the board. It's going to be so interesting Interesting to see how that goes with quarterbacks. Does somebody pluck one early, and that mush- pushes everybody back up a half a round you know, with the quarterbacks? Or do the teams in the top 10 wait, and then you start getting to the end of the first round, and, and one of the top couple of guys is still there? Yeah, yeah. Evan, so who, I assume you had Hutchinson at two then. Uh, who do you have going number three to the Houston Texans? I think Houston's in a weird spot. And I don't know if Lovey Smith's there for the long term. He sure feels like a placeholder, maybe for Josh McCown. But I think if you're going to build around a Lovey Smith defense, you need to get pressure from the front four. So I have Walker falling there, although stylistically, I think Smith's cover two Tampa style defense might like Thibodeau as a Simeon Rice more than they like Walker. I just think Walker's the clearly superior player right now with more upside, and mm-hmm. you can kick him inside too. Walker reminds me a little bit of the 26 
no, 2006 draft where there wasn't a clear number one quarterback. That was the Vince Young went number three year, and mm. Mario Williams went number one. He kind of has that vibe where it's like, this guy's too much of a freak of nature, and he ends up climbing all the yeah. way to the top of the draft boards. And yeah, and now that's, he's almost that's universally a pretty good comparison. top three. Not quite as tall as, I mean, Mario Williams yeah. was just a giant, but, uh, you know, some of that just freaky ability. We all thought Reggie Bush was going one. So right. Like, you know, draft day eve. Yeah, and Mario Williams was a, was a late climber that year. Yeah. So who do you have at three? I've got Evan Neal going number three. And again, they have needs everywhere. You just go to the top of your draft board, really clean prospect. And I don't think, you know, who they have in-house changes anything. You you play Evan Neal at right tackle for a year if you want. There's a very good chance that, you know, they they make a trade at some point next year, even on draft day, you know, and that shakes up that room. So he can play a little guard. He can play a little right tackle. He started everywhere on the Alabama offensive line, including left tackle. So um, you just go to the top of your board, and Evan Neal's a really clean prospect that has all the ability to be a stud offensive tackle for a long time. Protect either Davis Mills or whoever your future quarterback is eventually. Just start collecting high-level players for the Texans. Yeah, they just need good players. Yes. <laughs> you know, I 100% agree. Um, who do you got a four? Yeah, number four. four that, you, you go first. We'll, we'll keep this in order okay. so we don't confuse everybody because I'm already starting to lose it. I almost started to go into Evan Neal as my pick on the, on the last one. So let's go back to Williamson's <laughs> mock uh, at pick number four, the first pick in the top ten for the New York Jets. We got Hutchinson one, Willis two, Walker three, and now the New York Jets on the clock. Yeah, and remember, they pick a ten. And a lot of these things are determined by who's gone, of course. Two edge are already off the board. So I have them taking Thibodeau. Again, similar. it's not the same scheme, but similar strategy that the Jets do not want to blitz a lot. They want a Niners-like Bosa-type front four. Um, is Thibodeau the fourth best player in this draft? I don't think so, but I think that they can sit here and go, well, we'll get a, our choice of receivers or corner or maybe an offensive lineman at 10. Edges are going quick. Let's grab this guy, and he fits the system. I love it. Uh, they need that. I would yeah. look at it as saying, you know, Hutchinson or Walker's there. It's a slam dunk, and maybe yes. there's enough of a tie. Maybe Thibodeau's slipping on some boards that – you know there's depth at the edge position, so I did not go edge for the Jets at four, even though they've got to, and they've got a couple of early second-round picks, too. So, you know, the Boe Mafe, who they had at the senior bowl, maybe early in round two or something like that. I think mm-hmm. there's oh, yeah, opportunities yeah. for them to go edge later if they don't love Thibodeau, but if they love Thibodeau, not surprise me at all at pick number four. That's why that's such a popular pick for them there. But I'm going to go corner. I'm going Sauce Gardner at number mm, four nice. to the New York Jets just for that reason, knowing that at 10 – probably less likely, more likely to have someone they like who's an edge player than maybe one of the top couple of corners, but maybe one of the top corners would be there too. So they can go a few directions and and just look at their draft board and they say, okay, well, probably aren't going to get a shutdown type corner at the top of the second round, but maybe we can get, you know, one of these other positions, wide receiver, linebacker, defense back, any of those later on. So I'm going Sauce Gardner, number four, pretty high for him, but you know, uh, I think the Jets and and some of these other teams at the top will be listening to trades, but I don't know if anybody's going to be calling quite yet. Yeah, I, I considered that as well, and I think it's a distinct possibility. I just think, as you know, philosophically, Robert Salah will probably break ties for D Lyman over cover guys. Yes, but you know what's interesting is I've really gotten the feeling more than most teams that Salah's sort of, he's the coach, and he's like, okay, GM, yeah. Joe oh, Douglas, right. 
Joe Douglas making the picks. I'm going to play the guys he gets me. I, I think he's got less. I mean, I know he has a lot of input, but it's right, not but it's as much as some other head coaches. Rick, oh, this head coach is going to draft the guy. Joe Douglas is clearly in charge here. And there's actually been some instances where I was like, ah, oh, actually, Joe Judge didn't really draft a, a player or sign a player that I thought was a perfect fit for Salah or, uh, you know, the the Lafleur offense either. So uh, it's a sort of interesting there. I think Joe Douglas might just say, yeah, you know what? This is the best player. So we're going there. Yeah, I think you're right about the the power, the the, the responsibilities in the yes. building. I mean, one of them is the GM and one's a coach. Pretty clear that yeah, that's one of those distinct like the GM hired the coach situations in the NFL, mm-hmm. and the GM's drafting the players and is in charge on draft day. All right, that is through pick four. We got a couple of New York Giants picks coming up. Where are the quarterbacks going to land? Dueling mock drafts. There are new flavors being developed all the time at Built. Dot com. Go get yourself a Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Flavors like cookies and cream, mint brownie, cherry barcia, Built Bar Puffs, which are unbelievable because they're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Looks like the brownie batter, though, was one of the newer flavors sold out very quickly. Not sure what flavor you want. Go get a mixed box or build your own box of Built Bars. It is High in protein, low in calorie, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. And right now, a special deal going on at Built.com. So get over to the website right now and find yourself that low-calorie, high-protein snack that is covered in 100% real chocolate. You really feel like you got yourself a snack with Built Bars is the best part. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. New York Giants, pick number five. They've got two selections in three spots here, five and seven. Did that factor into which position you went with, which player you went with at number five for the Giants? It did. And, I mean, I think the the two biggest needs for New York is an offensive tackle, which I feel like they have it with one of these two picks. And edge is probably number two. I think corner's number three. And Carolina's picking between the two Giants picks, and I think offensive line's a real distinct possibility for them there. The edges are flying off the board. I just don't think there's one in my mock worthy of five. So I was torn between Ekwanu and Neal. And then I just thought about Bill Parcells and thought about old-school Giants. Give me Ekwanu to run behind. Yep. Uh, Ekwanu, we we matched on this one. I have Ekwanu as well going to the Giants and similar reasons. They look at pick six and thinking, okay, well, and especially in this mock, there's no Evan Neal left on the board either. So they know that there's a good chance that Carolina could take an offensive lineman right behind them. That that player wouldn't be there at seven. So going with Ekwanu, he can play with Andrew Thomas. He can replace Andrew Thomas. He can move Andrew Thomas to the right side. He played some right side in college as well. Start him at guard, see what's up. Uh, So a lot of different ways you can go. Just get better on your offensive line. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. That brings us to the Carolina Panthers at number six. Did you go tackle back-to-back? I did. I took Evan Neal and just thought, boy, this is easy for Carolina. I mean, Willis is gone. Carolina wants as many edge guys to go as possible in the top five so that they can get an Ekwanu or a Neal. And I know people are kind of down on the Panthers, and I understand that. But if they had Evan Neal, I could say that their offense is now officially just a quarterback away. That They did a pretty good job revamping their O-line in free agency. 
And unfortunately, th- there's not a lot of avenues to get that quarterback at this point for the for the Panthers yeah, if it goes that either, way, you know, right. because they don't even have any day two picks either. So they'll absolutely be listening to calls, I think, too. But yeah, um, I-, I think that in your scenario, it's a pretty easy pick. Maybe you go for another quarterback in that slot. And for me, with Neil gone and Iquanu gone, I went with Malik Willis, who's still on the board. So I went with the quarterback for the Panthers. And it seems like maybe post-draft is when the Panthers might make a move with future picks for a veteran quarterback if things don't go a certain way. So if it goes your way, they're shopping for a quarterback. If it goes my way, they got their quarterback and trying to find an offensive lineman instead. So I feel like that's maybe the plan for the Panthers going into this thing. It just it kind of has to be at this point. Yeah, and I want us to be devil's advocates and you know for each other's picks. And the way that your draft went, I think Willis is an easy selection. But did Pickett cross your mind for them? Like, Willis is my number one quarterback. I would take him over Pickett every day of the week. But if I'm worried about my job, I might want a week one starter in Pickett. Yeah, I think even still with Pickett, is he going to beat out even Sam Darnold? Who's been That's bad, but he's still yeah. a five-year veteran, you know. So it's not, you know, it's not a slam dunk that even he would beat him out. And maybe just the wow ability of Malik Willis just would look different enough where after a few weeks he's kind of ready to go. So to me, he's just clearly the number one guy over Pickett, and, and I'm not going to overdraft Pickett and Willis. You can at least squint and say, "Oh, look at all this physical talent. We can turn him into something." So yeah, it's either Willis or, or a tackle for me at six for the Panthers. And as I said with the Lions segment, if Willis goes in the top ten. He may not start at all this year, but I bet he sees the field at least as much as Trey Lance, maybe as much as Lamar Jackson, their rookie year. Yes, Mm -hmm. and it kind of depends how that season's going with whoever the interim starter Mm -hmm. is. Things go bad, the the rookie sees the field. Unlike the Niners, I don't think that the Willis landing spot is going to have them deep into the playoffs. Unlikely, although it might right. be a different quarterback either way. You know, they might have a, they might have another yeah, yeah, avenue yeah. Of, of getting a veteran quarterback who's a different stopgap, but that would be less necessary if they do go quarterback at six. New okay, York Giants. If to the Saints or Steelers, yeah. maybe he would not play for a while. But right. Okay, Giants. Giants, pick seven. I went with Ahmad Gardner. Uh, I would have preferred to address the edge over corner. But I thought Gardner was clearly, you know, uh, he's the top corner here. There's already three edge. And I think these James Bradbury trade rumors are very real. I think they are, too. Uh, And I went with the next corner because Ahmad Garner's already gone. I went Derek Steenley here at seven for the Giants. So we're on the same same wavelength there. Uh, I think there's a number of ways they could go. And I think it's a good strategy for them to hit the tackle at five. And look, Steenley could be that dude still at corner, right? Like he's got all the ability in the world. And if it sounds like from the reports I've seen, it's not so much that if Bradbury's going to get traded, but he's gone. So that's yeah, it sounds that way. And maybe that's a draft day trade that happens after they are able to select a corner at seven, but it would knock shot and knock shot me at all. If they go for a corner in one of these two picks at five and seven. Yeah. I, I like that pick. So you, you did the same thing. Oh, wait, no, you did Stingley. Okay. Oh, I, I did Stingley because sauce right was already there, yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. Falcons. I mean, you talk about a team that go, could go anywhere. Right. This could be Pickett. This could be Willis. Uh, Willis has gone on both our boards. And I think the smart move for the Falcons, and I hate the word tank, is get a quarterback next year because you might pick first overall as opposed to taking Pickett here, who's the 20th best player on the board, and then surrounding him with nothing. I went with Garrett Wilson and – Edge could be at play. Stingley could be. I mean, they need everything. Their roster is horrible. I just think the Falcons wide receiver room 
Might be the worst position group in the league. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. But to me, and I really, really thought about going with Garrett Wilson here to the Falcons at eight, but I just think you don't start with wide receiver. And yeah, I hear you. you're just going to be bad at wide receiver and you have to accept it. And, you know, who knows? Maybe next year you, you, you things are all right and, and well again with Calvin Ridley. I don't know. But um, to me, you, yeah, you build, I, yeah. I you build from the too. inside out. Uh, I went with a guy who's still on the board and starts to make a lot more sense here. Even if teams are down on Kayvon Thibodeau at this point, pick eight for the Falcons. Uh, this was an easy selection for me. So I went Kayvon Thibodeau at eight. Mm. I would have taken Thibodeau over Wilson for the Falcons if it would have played out, if he would have been available in mine. Yeah, that's a good one. How about the Seattle Seahawks? Another quarterback needy team. Both of our boards have one quarterback gone. How do you see this thing going in Seattle at nine? I don't love this fit. I went with Charles Cross, the offensive tackle. And it's not the tackle isn't a need. Um, I considered Pickett here. uh, But my problem with the fit was Pete Carroll wants to run the ball and Cross is a pass blocker. Like, I think he wants more of a masher there. They may even have Penning higher on their board than Cross, you know, which makes no sense to me, but they do things differently than everybody. I love it, Matt. I have Trevor Penning going at number no, nine to you. the Good Seattle second. Seahawks. I thought the same thing. It's like, oh, this is easy. Cross, right? And I thought about it. It's like, wait, you know, all these, uh, you know, spread style. offense sets, sort of like Andre Dillard type of a, a tackle. I think Cross could could slide a little bit, especially in this scenario, and even especially with this team. And I don't know if there's a team that's going to try to run the ball as many times as, or a higher percentage of the time as the Seahawks do this upcoming season. Trevor Penning does seem to fit their style a little bit more, and he does have some helium, and I wouldn't be shocked if Penning did sneak into the top 10. I think the Seahawks would probably prefer to trade back. It's kind of been their MO. Uh, If they don't get those calls, I'm going Trevor Penning at pick nine. So yeah, we're, we're kind of on the same wavelength there, Matt. I wanted to mention trade back for Atlanta, too. Like uh, Taking Garrett Wilson would feel a lot better at 12 than 8. This is going to be so, a buyer's yeah. market in the trade-up oh, category, yeah. right? Some teams are going to be able to go up with a second-round pick where normally it would have taken you know multiple firsts to get up. So who knows? Maybe a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers looking at a quarterback, maybe they could get higher than they would normally get, and maybe it opened opportunities for teams to trade when they wouldn't normally give up a ton of draft capital and want to dip into the future firsts. I think that's very possible. I I do think it's easier to trade up this year than most. Let's finish up the top 10 here in this segment. And this is definitely going to be a two-part series here with the dueling mocks or ass, but this is a lot of fun. Matt, how do you see the second New York Jets pick going here at number 10? I know we're only doing the top 10 here, but I'm going to cheat and I'm going to lump 10 and 11 with Washington together because in this situation, the Jets to me are racking their brains. Should I go Stingley or Hamilton? And I think Stingley makes more sense because he's a corner just because of position value. But I gave them Hamilton. And why I bring up Washington is I would just take the other one if I were them, you know. And so I end Mm -hmm. up giving the Jets Hamilton, Washington Stingley. But if I flip them, I think it would make just as much sense. I have no problem with that at all, and it, that totally makes sense. And uh, for me, at number 10, I went with Jermaine Johnson, the edge out of Florida State for the Seahawks. And and that was sort of my thinking at pick four, knowing that there would be a player there. They did coach at the Senior Bowl. Jermaine Johnson lit it up at the Senior Bowl. And so uh, I'm going with the edge player there for the Jets at 10 over the safety in Hamilton and uh, over the offensive lineman in Charles Cross. Although I do think Cross is a pretty good fit for the Seattle Seahawks there. Um, yeah, I had Thibodeau going to the Jets, so they had already done that, you know. Pick 11 for me. I actually went Charles Cross to the mm, nice, Washington nice. 
the Washington football team. But that means Kyle Hamilton's still on the board for me. I think there might be a little slip for Kyle Hamilton. And, and that was the toughest one for me not to slide Kyle Hamilton in there at 10 or 11. So, um, But I'm going with the tackle of Charles Cross at 11, Jermaine Johnson 10 to the Jets. That was on the uh, Peacock and Williamson Mock Draft Monday trailer was how far is Peacock going to have Hamilton fall? I mean, a lot of people <laughs> went on the edge of their seats on that one. Ah. Ooh, you're going to have to hang on. Where does okay. Kyle <laughs> Hamilton land? A uh, few more picks here coming up. We'll finish up the top 15 or so. Top half of the first round. We'll get to the second half of the first round on tomorrow's pod. But we've got picks 11 through 16 coming up right now. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. And I've been blown away by how much better I feel after drinking one scoop with water is all it takes. And you've got all your vitamins, all your minerals, all your superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, 75 high quality vitamins in the morning. First thing, super easy. One scoop in water. Boom, you're done. And it feels amazing. And I was skeptical. I I was surprised how good I feel and how much I needed all those vitamins and nutrients every day. So do yourself a favor, go to athleticgreens.com slash NFL network to try athletic greens for yourself. Athletic greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. Cost him like a hundred dollars a day. We're talking about only three, less than three dollars a day to get all of those health benefits you need. Are you lactose intolerant? You can get those probiotics. If you can't do something like yogurt, you get all of that with Athletic Greens along with all of the vitamins. Lifestyle friendly, paleo, keto, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, no artificial anything. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The Minnesota Vikings at pick number 12. Really just a, a roster where they don't have a ton of needs, but you could kind of go a lot of positions as well, Matt. It was, it was a tough, this is probably one of the most difficult teams because it's easier when a team needs a lot and there's really good prospects. So you start to get to the middle of the first round where it's not so easy and not such a slam dunk prospect and a team that has a lot, but you know, doesn't the roster doesn't blow you away either. Yeah. And I think if by chance Stingley or sauce gets to 12, they just run to the podium. Their corners are pretty rough and you can't bring back the Patrick Peterson's time and time again. And I thought it was a little rich for Trent McDuffie as the third corner. So I kind of thought of the Williams wall back when and took Jordan Davis here. You know, you got Darius Smith and Daniil Hunter, and you stick Jordan Davis in the middle. You now have a position group that's pretty scary. And, and that was my, my thought process here for Minnesota. The fall is over. I went best player available. I went Kyle Hamilton here at mm, 12 good. to the, the Minnesota Vikings. So I went into the secondary, and uh, it was, you know, it was just – a good it was a good landing spot for Kyle Hamilton and I think he will fall out of the top 10 but I don't know if he's going to fall too far but I just can't see a team drafting a, a 4-6 uh safety that early and, and I see a lot of people draft sending him up there as high as no, you know number 2 overall top 5 I just don't see it for Kyle Hamilton and I did put 50 bucks on the over of 6.5 for Kyle Hamilton at betonline.ag oh nice so, yeah. okay that's <laughs> so, a good bet uh Kyle Hamilton at 12 for me for those Minnesota Vikings okay uh, we got we got Houston back on the clock. Um, just to recap, I had Walker going there. 
and probably would prefer this was offense to help Mills a little bit. But I did take McDuffie at this spot and just figured. That, I mean, and their pass, you know, their defense wasn't awful last year, but I want high impact positions. I want tackles. I want corners. I want edge guys. And McDuffie's just a good football player. And if they're going to play a lot of cover two, he certainly fits that with his toughness. I think Lovey Smith would like this guy. I think so. Uh, I stayed up front. Yeah, I'm, I'm building the uh, the in- interior of this team and uh, went uh, Evan Neal at number three, offensive tackle, and I'm going Jordan Davis, defensive tackle here at number 13 for the Texans. If he wouldn't have went a pick earlier, I would have taken Davis. Yep. It's kind of like that Washington situation I had where Davis or McDuffie's fine. I'll take whatever one's there. Yep, a couple of just monstrous dudes in the trenches build that thing, and then eventually you'll plop in some some skill players and, and maybe put a few points on the board and, and win some football games. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Davis, I don't know that he can get past the Ravens here at 14. Mm-hmm. I already had him gone, but I think they would just say, oh, that's uh, he's a Raven. That's a loaded auto. Yep, and when I was doing the Ravens pick, I was looking at corners at first, and then I looked back at the roster and I thought, oh, wait a second, they gotta go, they gotta go D line. It's like, shoot, Jordan Davis is off the board. I, you know, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. love the edge players here that are left over for them. What'd you do at fourteen for the, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, I mean, corners what they're built on, and they were hit super hard there. But the three corners are gone in the top thirteen, so I can't go corner yet for the Ravens. Davis is gone again. I would have ran that one up. They tried to sign an edge in, in um, Smith mm-hmm. and didn't. So I thought about going there. And then I just went with Tyler Linderbaum. You know, th- their center position is kind of up in the air right now. And, and I don't think Linderbaum will probably go this early when it's all said and done. Um, the short arms thing is worrisome. But as much as they block on the move and the center need, and I, I think he's a very safe Raven. The Zadarius Smith thing really popped into my mind as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought about going David Ojabo here, but I was thinking, is that too similar to um, OA, who they drafted last year? And they have, right. you know. You might have to wait a year for yeah, Ojabo, too. Yeah. Contender, so, you know. So I ended up going with Davis's teammate from the pick before. I went Devontae Wyatt, mm. defensive tackle here. More of a, you know, a three-tech style of pass rushing interior defensive lineman. But they need uh, multiple positions on the D-line, so I think this could actually fit really nicely. I'm not sure if teams like Wyatt this high, but I think he's a mid-late first-round guy pretty easily. I do, too. I do, yeah. too. Uh, I thought about Jermaine Johnson. If I was going to go with an edge, I was mm-hmm. going to go with Johnson there. And he doesn't last much longer on this one. All right, we've got three... Three Philadelphia Eagles picks. We're going to get to two of them today, and we'll save uh, 19 for tomorrow's podcast. But what do you have going on here? Back-to-back picks, 15 and 16 for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mentioned Johnson. I know they signed Reddick. But, boy, uh, the Eagles don't turn their nose up at good linemen, especially edge defenders very often. So I have Drake London and Jermaine Johnson both going to the Eagles. I kind of have mixed feelings about London, but I don't think they want Wilson or Olave. I think they want someone that's halfway between Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith and somebody that will run block a little bit. So a big-bodied receiver made sense for me to the Eagles. This one was difficult because I don't think Drake London, and it's so I've got to put an asterisk next to, next to Drake London. I have him going 15 as well to the Philadelphia okay. Eagles. But it's my first wide receiver off the board here. And I don't know that Drake London is the top receiver. I think some people believe he is. I want to see that 
those workouts. I want to see those times. And he hasn't he right, didn't even right. work out at USC's pro day. He's going to have his own pro day here early April. So we'll see. There's a sliding scale here. If he if he gets in under four fives, some people say he can run a four four something. If he does that, I'm fine with it. You know, 15 Eagles, let's go. Maybe he even goes higher. Maybe he's the first wide receiver. Um, I just think that Garrett Wilson's kind of too similar to the guy right. they drafted last year. So I went with a different style of receiver here with Drake London. And if he runs four, six, five, then, you know, maybe he falls out of the first round. You know, it's, it's, I don't know which teams are going to love him, which teams won't with his style. Um, but he's got to throw down some good workouts. And I think there's a reason he hasn't worked out yet. He's obviously he has injuries too, but I, I'm a little bit worried about what those times are going to look like for Drake London. Cause he doesn't run away from guys, even on the college level. Yeah. And I, again, I have some questions about him, but I also did some of these, as, D, as DJ says, you mock with your ears, you do your rankings with your eyes, and a lot of people keep linking London to the Jets at 10 mm-hmm. or even Atlanta or in the top 10, you know, Mel and these guys that are you know, pretty you know, dialed in. So I wanted to get him in there quick. And I think both of us like Devontae Smith quite a bit, but one of the problems is when you draft him, you can't draft another like him the next year or the year yes. after. You, know, you better get a compliment. And, and the Eagles have drafted a lot of wide receivers even before last oh, year, too. So it's like, are they going to continue to go back year. to the first round and, and draft early wide receivers? So they better be darn sure if they're going to go back to that well again. Uh, but, yeah, I've got Drake London at 15. And, by the way, when it comes to the Jets, I almost threw Garrett Wilson in there. But... Um, and it, 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 it was tough. But at the same time, like, Drake London to the Jets. But then that's they were, they were trying to get a very different style of player in in Tyreek Hill. So, you know, they just want a receiver. Drake London, that doesn't seem to mesh with Davis, who they already have there. So, I don't know. It it gets sort of convoluted when you're trying to put together that team, or sometimes it doesn't matter. Just draft the best player, right? And we we overthink it when it comes to these mocks. And pick 16 for me for the Eagles. I went David Ajabo. And uh, I know you went – so you went – London. I went Jermaine Johnson. And I went London Edge. Jermaine Johnson already gone in my mock. So I went David Ajabo there. Um, it's it's supposed to be a six-month thing. So does Ajabo come back early in the yeah. season? Probably the medical that comes back and how those teams look at that medical is going to tell whether David Ajabo goes you know, late round one, even, maybe even round two, or if he goes high in round one, because I think he would have been a top 10 player potentially and already gone in my mock at number 10 if it wasn't for the Achilles injury. Yeah, and... I considered a Jabo, but I thought Johnson was pretty close to an equal prospect if they were healthy. Mm-hmm. I would have taken a Jabo here if it wasn't for the injury. And I just think Philly might not be able to wait on a Jabo. Like, we'll get to it with my landing spot with them, but the team I had him going to isn't going to win the Super Bowl this year. And if he has the red shirt all year, so be it, you know. All right, that is part one of our dueling mock drafts. Williamson and Peacock with a mock a peach a piece. We are through sixteen selections. The second half of round one coming up tomorrow, seventeen through thirty-two, which means we'll probably have to push back Twitter Tuesday to maybe Wednesday <laughs> here. But uh, we will answer some of your questions, and who knows, maybe we'll have some time to to get through. Uh, this and get to some questions on tomorrow's podcast. But I'm looking forward to part two, the second half of round one in the Peacock and Williamson dueling mock draft. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Your second listen, check out Locked On NFL Draft here on the network. Your team is covered as well in any sport right here on the network. Matt and I back tomorrow. Peacock and Williamson.